thank you, Brother Ed, for leading us in worship and for our communion thought this morning. We appreciate you, Brother Rich, for your work and all that you're doing here. I want to say good morning and welcome to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Uh, I tell you what, I missed you last week. I'm missing your faces. I want to thank you for supporting me as I serve our troops uh, down in San Diego. But it's good to be back with you this morning. And uh, we want to let you know that if you're visiting with us for the first uh, time today, you are our honored guest and that you're always, always, always welcome to this church building whenever the doors are open. And uh, like Glenn said, he came up with this wonderful theme, this wonderful messaging today. He said something like, if this is your first time, we believe you've come to the right place, because I don't think you'll find a finer church in the entire universe. I'm going to have to use that. I'm going to have to use that. That was really good. Really good, by the way. Uh, but we, we, we truly believe that. We believe you've come to the right place. And if you're looking for a church home, look no further. We want you here. We want to get you plugged in, because we have a phenomenal church here, and we would love to have you a part of our church family. Uh, so today, I've got a really, really difficult task. So today, uh, like Ed said, and we've been kind of sharing with everybody, today is family um, worship. So uh, we've got a pretty, pretty tough task because uh, I've got to preach a theologically sound and rich message for the adults this morning, right? And at the same time, I've got to keep it simple enough for our younger ones, and I've got to make sure that I'm able to keep their attention so that they're not too restless as they sit in the pews. So I've got to condense the message, but I've got to preach long enough for our seniors to feel like they got something from the message, right? So this is a really, really tough task uh, this morning. And Glenn, the coloring books are not for you, brother. They're not for you. They're, they're, they're for the babies this morning. <laughs> so. So, so how, how do we accomplish this? Uh, and you too, Ben. It's not for you either. So how do we accomplish this task this morning of trying to, to hit all these various themes and these people groups? I, I figured this morning we'd just show a video. I think that's the best way to do it this morning. So I want to show this clip uh, this morning if we... Let it. it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go. Glows wide on the mountain tonight, not a footprint to be seen. A kingdom of isolation, and it looks like I'm the queen. The wind is howling like this swirling storm inside. Couldn't keep it in, heaven knows I tried. Don't let them in. Don't let them see Be the good girl you always had to be Conceal, don't feel Don't let them know Well, now they know Let it go So what I know from having two daughters is whenever you play Frozen, any music from Frozen, you got their attention for a little bit. 
So I think that's about all I'm going to have them for. So parents, you've got you to gotta handle them now, okay? Because <laughs> I, think, I think that's about it. Uh, but I appreciate this clip because today we're continuing on in our, uh, our theme of bringing heaven to earth. That's the title of the series that we've been working through uh, this morning. And during this entire month of October, we have spin, been spending our Sundays thinking about kind of harvesting principles, right? Uh, since it's the harvest time and bringing heaven to earth, this idea, and how do we flesh this out? So we've been looking at different um, harvesting principles on how to make sure that we're able to bring heaven to earth to people or to show people heaven. So, so we explored four principles, and if this is your first time with us this morning, I kind of want to do a little bit of a review, and then, and then we'll hop right into it. So, so in week one, we talked about uh, soil. And as Christians, as disciples of Jesus Christ, if we're doing our best to share the word of Jesus with other people and to show them love and to show them kindness, realize that when we spread, spread that, uh, it's going to fall on different type of soil or different people's hearts. They're going to accept it in different ways, right? So we've got to be aware of that. So that was week one. In week two, uh, we, we talked about the responsibility of the sower. As a disciple, what is our responsibility when it comes to sharing Jesus, right? Week three, we talked about the seed, and we said the seed that we're sowing is the Word of God. And today, I want to talk about this interesting principle of sorting. That's right, sorting. Uh, because we know that when Jesus returns, when God calls this earth back to glory, when, it, when, the, when the kingdom here is reestablished and Jesus shows back up and this, this, this end time comes, we know that there's going to be a great sorting. And that's what you do when you harvest and you're a farmer and you're in the fields. You have to sort. So I want to talk about what that looks like and why that's important for us and how it's important for us to share that with other people, this concept and principle, and how to do that, okay? So that's our message for today, and I'm going to be really short this morning, not physically short, I saw you laughing, not physically short, but short with the message um, so, that, uh, uh, so that you can have time with your families this afternoon. The first passage of Scripture that I want to look at is found in Matthew chapter 13. I want to look at verses... Let it go. Uh-oh. No. <laughs> We'll look at verses 24 through 30, okay? Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. And really, we're just retelling the story of what we saw in the video. The video was the story of the wheat and the tares, right? Uh, or the, the, the wheat and the weeds, I think, is the video uh, kind of illustrated. So I want to look at this passage and reread it and spend some time looking at a couple of things and then the message will be yours. So Matthew chapter 13 verses 24 through 30, you guys follow along with me. It says, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came in and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. 
At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring them into my barn. The parable of the weeds, or the parable of the wheat and the tares. This is a section of Scripture that we have studied before that we know well, um, especially if you grew up in our context, the churches of Christ. We study this from our youth, right? And it's an amazing story that talks about what, what the kingdom of God looks like in the earth, right? And at the end times, how there's going to be a great sorting or a great separation. And I want to spend some time kind of fleshing out this, this concept uh, when it comes to sorting and what this is all about. You see, today, I really truly believe that people don't like the concept of heaven or hell. And, and, and maybe I, I could take that back and say they really like the concept of heaven, but they really don't like the concept of hell, right? If you talk to people, they go, oh, no, no, every, everybody's going to heaven. There's a Christian universalist kind of philosophy and theology today that says, look, everybody in the end is going to be saved, right? So we don't really have to worry about these two places. But as you read the scripture, you realize that in the end, there's going to be a great sorting, right? The wheat and the tares the goats and the sheep, there's going to be a separation. And that's why we earnestly plead with people and we try to show people heaven because we say, look, if there's going to be separation and the sorting, we want you to go to the good place. We want you to see that place. So the scripture says, let them grow together until the harvest and then the weeds will be tied together in bundles and burned and the wheat brought into the, into the barn. So the separation will occur Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 12. And by the way, in your bulletin this morning, you have a sermon outline. Kids, kids, make sure you take that out and you fill in the principles, okay? Follow along with us and you guys can see where we are, okay? Uh, so ask you to follow along with us. Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 12. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done. Uh, as recorded as recorded in the books. So again, we look at this text and we say, look, in the end times, there's going to be this great separation, this great sorting, and those who are written in the book of life and those who serve the Lord and who were on fire for Him are going to get to go to the good place, kids, right? Get to go to heaven, and bad people will go to the other place, right? And this sorting is going to occur. So we have this amazing responsibility to share with people the good news of Jesus Christ while they have the time, while we have time. So what I want to do now is something really neat, okay? So um, this week, my daughter Isabella, which I'm so proud about, uh, has really been talking about baptism, right? So she says, Dad, I want to get baptized. Dad, I want to get baptized. And I said, okay, whenever you're ready, uh, let me ask you a few questions. So I actually, you know, being the preacher's daughter, she has it rough because I, I come up with a, a study guide, right? And I give her a quiz, and then I grade the quiz, right, to make sure she's got everything right. And then, and then, no, but she's going to be baptized soon. And she asked me all kind of questions. And one of the interesting questions that Layla and Izzy both asked me is, Dad, what is heaven like? And I was like, I don't know, I've never been there, right? So, but that didn't work for the kids. They want to know, they want to know what heaven is like. So kids, young people, listen up. I'm going to tell you what heaven is like, okay? And 
this is real simple for us adults, but I think it's good to be reminded of this anyway. So this great sorting is going to occur. We want to make sure every people, every person that we know, every friend, every family member gets to go to this place called heaven. And let me tell you what heaven is like, okay? So if you're looking at your outline, follow along with me. I'm going to give you a couple of principles, uh, and then really the message will be yours. What is heaven like? Write this down. Heaven is a final destination, a final destination. Um, for those of you who have done any international travel, you know, I just got back from the UK, I shared that, but uh, don't you love when you're sitting on the airplane and you get to turn on the, the, the flight tracker that is on the back of the headrest and you're looking and you see the little dots that go all the way to your desk, you're like, man, this is going to take forever, right? And you watch about six movies, and then you're still looking at the flight track, and you realize you still got eight hours to go. You're like, man, right? Oh. But it's so amazing when you take that journey, and you get to see the destination to which you're headed, and then when you finally touch down, isn't it so, so amazing to be able to arrive safely at your final destination, right? So, a lot of people think that heaven is this kind of ambiguous kind of concept or idea, but when we look at Scripture, we know that heaven is a real place, and it's a destination to which we're trying to go. So that's the first thing I want you to remember and realize. Children, heaven is a real place, and it's a final destination, and that's where you want to be. You want to go to heaven. Point number two is this. What else is heaven? Heaven is a paradise. Heaven is a paradise. You guys remember the story of Jesus while he was talking to the two uh, individuals on the cross and the one he said, today you're going to be with me in paradise. And there's a lot of different eschatological thoughts on what paradise is and Hades and how they're separated and all this, that, or the other. But all I want to say about heaven is I believe that heaven is a paradise, a paradise. Now, for those of us who don't get to vacation very often, right, which may be a lot of you in here, isn't it great when you get to finally go on that vacation? Isn't it amazing? So Mary has been trying to get me to take her to Greece, to Greece, to Greece. She wants to go to Greece. I'm broke, so we'll get there one day, right? But she talks about Greece as being paradise, right, for her. So she wants to go to that place. And when you go to paradise, it's a place of relaxation. It's a place of comfort. It's a place of rest. It's a place of enjoyment. It's where you want to be paradise. So when we think about heaven, that's what it is. It's a place of paradise. And I don't know, I wish I had the time to go around this morning and talk to everybody and see what their favorite vacation spots are. I would love to hear the answers, right? Um, but paradise is what heaven is like. Number three, this is a tough one, right? Heaven is like a family reunion. And some of y'all are going, that's not heaven. That's not heaven, right? That's not heaven. <laughs> but there's a lot of you that could say, yes, it's like a family reunion. And for those of you who get along well with your families, aren't family reunions just wonderful? So when I was in uh, college, I was at Harding University in Searcy, Arkansas. My dad was still active duty at the time. And guess what? They decided to leave me in Arkansas and they moved to Germany. They moved to Germany because that's where my dad's duty station was. So I was in Arkansas by myself, right? So during, uh, I think it was spring break or something like that, usually what all the Harding students do is they fly home or they go meet up with their parents, right? 
So since my parents were all the way in Germany, I didn't get to go see them during spring break. So I stayed in my dorm room. I didn't tell anybody. You're not supposed to stay in your dorm room. You're supposed to leave your dorm room. But I stayed in my dorm room, and I ate peanut butter and jelly for like a whole week. I'm talking about breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm not lying. That's what I did, right? Uh, then uh, Thanksgiving came, and I got to actually fly home and go see my parents. And I hadn't seen them, my family, I hadn't seen them in something like six months or something like that. I remember flying and touching down at Frankfurt Airport and walking out and seeing my mom and my dad and my brothers and my sisters. I think that's the first time my family saw me weep because it was just so, so amazing to see people that I loved and that I had missed for so so long. And there are many of you here this morning that have loved ones that have passed on, that have been faithful, faithful members of Christ's body. And when you go to heaven, the scripture says, guess what? You'll be reunited. So you get to see your mama, your dad, your brother, your sisters, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, your friends. It's a great reunion. And that's why heaven is so powerful and that's where you want to be. What is heaven like? I tell my kids, heaven is a family, family reunion. And they don't get that concept just yet, because sometimes at our family reunions, right? So maybe I have to think of a different concept or idea to describe heaven. But anyway, and then lastly, I want to end with this one, because I think this is so powerful too. Uh, Scripture tells us that heaven is a place of no mores, a place of no mores. I want you to flip in your Bibles, if you can, over to Revelation chapter uh, 21, and I want to I look at verses uh, 3 and 4. Revelation chapter 20, and I don't have it up on the screen. I just want to turn to it. It's a place of no mores. And what do I mean by that? Revelation chapter 21, verses um, 3 and 4. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. Uh, they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. In verse number four, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and here's the no mores. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And I love that concept. I love that text. Uh, For those of us who have had a hard go at life, And I know many of you here have had a hard go at life. Some of you have been diagnosed with sicknesses like cancer and ailments. Some of you recently have lost loved ones. Some of you have had financial difficulties. Some of you tragedies with losses in your family. It's hard. It's hard. This life is tough. It's difficult being here in the world. Things happen. And the scripture says all those things that burden us, that worry, that anxiety, that pain, the difficulties, all of those things are no more when you go to heaven. God takes it all away. And heaven is this amazing, amazing place. And that's what I try to communicate to the kids this morning. That's what heaven is like, okay? That's what heaven is like. Final destination, a paradise family reunion, and a place of no more. So write that down. I want to close uh, with looking at um, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 19. I'm looking at some of the kids are getting a little restless, <laughs> a little restless. So I want to end with this verse, and then really the message uh, will be yours this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 19. Nevertheless, 
God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from their wickedness, must turn away from their wickedness. You know, at one point, I thought I knew, I thought I had some special knowledge to know who was in and who was out. Just, just hang with me. I thought I had special knowledge to know who was in and who was out. Who was really a part of the church or who really wasn't a part of the church? Who really was a Christian and who really wasn't a Christian, right? I remember at one point I thought I knew, right? And many of you can identify with that as well, right? Don't you remember the good old days where we really knew who was in and who was out, right? But as I look at these texts, the scripture says only God knows who belongs to him. Only God knows. And our job is to make sure that we confess the name of the Lord and teach people, look, you've got to turn away from your wickedness, to share Jesus and turn away the wicked, from wickedness. And that's our, that's our responsibility. That's our duty, not to decide and to figure out who is in and who is out, right? And once we get past that and we really start thinking about this second idea of sharing Jesus and being a witness, then we're on to something. So tomorrow, tomorrow, here we go. This is the grand conclusion. Tomorrow... For those of you, this is tricky now. This is tricky because I know many folk uh, don't celebrate the trick-or-treating Halloween holiday. I completely get it, understand the theology. Some of you do. Some of you do it in various ways. But I want to tell you that tomorrow, the greatest door-knocking campaign is going to be happening in America, okay? Even if you don't want people knocking at your door, they're going to come anyway, right? So we have a great uh, opportunity tomorrow to make sure that we confess and witness to people, right? And don't teach them to turn away from their wickedness on Halloween, okay? That, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. But I, I was thinking this week, how can we um, be practical? It says, great sermon, now what in your, in your outline? What are some things that we can do this week, or t- this week in particular tomorrow, to make sure that we share Jesus and share heaven with people? How do we do that during this scene, it seems like this dark, dark holiday, okay? So I was really struggling with this. I want you to do two things, okay? Tomorrow, tomorrow in particular. Number one, make sure you have some candy ready. Please do that. Go to Target, get the big bags of Laffy Taffy and all that good stuff. I want you to be prepared to pass out candy to the kids. Don't be the sticklers that gives like apples, right? And, and granola bars or almonds, right? No, have, have some candy. Am I right, kids? Have some candy ready, okay? So that's number one. Number two, I want you to do this. This would be really neat, and I'm going to do this uh, tomorrow as we get ready to, to, to have these kids come knock on the door. If you can, attach a scripture with some tape to, to, the, to the candy. I think that would be a really, really cool idea. So one side... Uh, have a scripture, and then on the other side, I would encourage you to put just a link to the church website. So as they're going through and eating the candy, and they look at it, they say, what is this? And there, there it goes. The Mission Viejo Church of Christ welcomes you. Jesus loves you, right? I don't know if it's going to work, but just try it, okay? Just try it. 
And then tell me later on how, how, how that worked for you. I guess we'll see the next Sunday if people actually show up. But just something fun for, for, for you guys to do. It'd be a good thing for our kids to do tomorrow if they're willing to do that. So, so really, that's the message this morning. I wanted to keep it short and sweet and simple. Some of our kids are looking really, really restless. So we're going we're gonna to conclude now this morning. So by way of invitation, we have a song selected. If there is anyone that needs to respond to the message, we invite you to do so now. If there's anyone here that wants to put Jesus Christ on in baptism, our baptistry is ready. We'll baptize you today in water. Some of our elders will be in the front. Some of our elders will be in the back with their wives. If there's anyone that needs to respond to the message today, we invite you to do so together while we stand and sing the song of imitation. Is your burden heavy as you bear it all alone? Does the road you travel harbor danger yet unknown? Are you growing weary in the struggle of it all? Jesus will help you when on his name you call. He is always there, helping every prayer, faithful and true. Walking by our side, in His love abide, all the day through. When you get discouraged, just remember what to do. Reach out to Jesus, he's reaching out to you. Is the life you're living filled with sorrow and despair? Does the future press you with its worry and its care? Are you tired and friendless? Have you almost lost your way? Jesus will help you. Just come to him today. He is always there, hearing every prayer, faithful and true. Walking by our side in his love abide all the day through. When you get discouraged, just remember what to do. Reach out to Jesus, he's reaching out to you. Reach out to Jesus, he's reaching out to you. We pray that this day will be blessed for you, that you'll spend a wonderful afternoon with your family. It's been a pleasure to have everyone here in the service, all the kids and everybody. I think we should do it maybe some more. It's kind of neat when everyone stays in here. You get to preach to a larger group. It's always fun. Appreciate you guys being here. Let me lead us into closing prayer. We'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for each of the persons that are here. We ask your blessings upon us this day as we travel from here to go to our respective homes. And Father, as we are coming into this holiday season, into November, into December, we just ask you to help us all to know 
that the world all around us, whether they believe in Jesus or not, they're hearing the message of the gospel of Jesus because he was born. And we're going to start celebrating that as a world here in just a couple of days. So, Father, as we leave this place, may we take the message of Jesus with us. However simple or complex, may he always be on our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.